0: Welcome to another deep dive episode of Helena Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the attitude era of WWE. I'm your host as always, Aaron Benoit. And joining me as always, I've got our wrestling historian, Bobby Hankinson. Well. And also Eric
1: Silver. Uh, happy to be on the episode with uh, clips that were no longer than eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, the homework was definitely a lot easier for this one. On Helena's cell world. phone. Hold
2: on, it depends because was it easier because there was more of them and the WWE (laughs) Network app is literally the worst interface of any streaming service (laughs) in any condition from any year since the beginning of streaming services It's so bad, it's so bad, I mean luckily we only had
0: to skip to a certain part and you don't have to like, I don't know, do a complicated thing like pause it which seems to throw it it into complete turmoil Yeah, the simplest
2: uh, request is, is a nightmare
1: the the i feel like the wwe network is actually run by like a library sciences undergrad and it's just like every time somebody like starts typing in something he's like hold on hold on hold on and he like <laughs> runs to find the tapes and like puts it into like it's like the old the old operators with the switchboard yeah god forbid two
0: people are on the, the network at the same time they just <laughs> just start plugging the <laughs> plugs in wherever
1: they can find them <laughs> are you guys using the same account no 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 we're two
2: different accounts all right well i'm doing the best i can wait was it it was it was hackers which i ever watched recently we'll get into the podcast at some point i I swear but i was watching hackers recently there's a very important moment where there's two sort of like wally looking robots um fighting to put the right vhs tape or some sort of like hard drive into something being controlled remotely um and it was a very Uh integral part of it and thinking of it was very silly uh in my head and i imagine that's what this is like okay continue
0: but that's uh, <laughs> is that where um Acid Burn and Zero Cool are are fighting it out at the beginning of the movie?
2: Yes, about it's like which episode, whatever show they're watching. I want to say was it Facts of Life? It was like some classic sitcom. They were like fighting Twilight Zone like, or something. Put out. yeah, yeah. Because as
1: we know, hackers know no other way to interact than by using computers with each other. So with these Deep Dive episodes, we like to take a
0: look back at some of the most infamous moments of the Attitude Era. And today, we're looking back at the uh, the farewell moments of the story tag team of the Legion of Doom, also known as the Road Warriors. So to start things off, Bobby, can you just give us a little bit of background on this team in general?
2: Sure. So uh, Legion of Doom, a.k.a. the Road Warriors... Um, really started coming up in the old territory days uh, before wrestling was really televised on, like, wide-scale cable TV. And they were just, like, two fucking, like, legit tough guys uh, that were bouncing at the same bar called Grandma Bees, which I guess a lot of, like, sort of wrestlers coming out of the Midwest at that time were all sort of, like, loosely either connected to or hanging out with. By the way, if anyone's writing a a pilot script right now, this sounds like a ripe, uh, inciting incident. Uh, But... (laughs) Basically, they got scouted by Ole Anderson to go down to their territory and sort of become wrestlers. They got sort of like a a crash course in the art of sports entertaining uh, that failed to sort of teach them how to, I don't know, like like throw a punch and like uh, sell or anything like that. So when they actually started having these matches in the territories, they were just kind of beating the shit out of people and also not selling for anyone. So they sort of became these like insane badasses. Uh, they're probably most well-remembered though for their like crazy outlandish, like Mad Max style gear, uh, which animal, which is Hawk and animal are the two members, uh, of the road warriors created out of his own, like in his own garage out of shoulder pads, which is, I learned in the research of this, I didn't know that that was very cool. Uh, but anyway, they sort of became this story tag team where everywhere they went, they were kicking ass. And they were sort of main attractions in a way that tag team wrestling used to be kind of like a, a sideshow kind of thing or like a intermission pee break sort of thing. Um, and these guys kind of came along and they were so like larger than life and cool. and Unlike anything else, these like total badasses uh, that they started getting over in a huge way. Uh, They're managed by Paul Ellering, who we saw most recently manage AOP. Uh and he managed them both on and off screen so the one that was interesting about them too is they didn't really belong to any particular territory so they showed up everywhere and won the tag titles in like every promotion in every territory like around the world and so they kind of became this huge massive uh act like that was so over that they famously would get this thing called the road warrior pop because it was like the loudest pop you can imagine um So they were sort of like kicking ass, taking names, made their way, obviously, to WCW, and then eventually got in WWF. If if you need me to stop at any of these things, I can, because there's stuff like scaffolding matches and Japanese mafia and shit that's just crazy. But uh, in the interest of moving us along, uh, their first WWF run, they were doing great. They were super over. The big moment was supposed to be the 1992 uh, SummerSlam at Wembley. Uh, which we may also recall is when Bret Hart was facing the British Bulldog, and the British Bulldog was famously like, too fucked up to get up through their match. So earlier in the night, Legion of Doom was to face uh, Money Incorporated, which is Ted DiBiase and Erwin R. Scheister, a.k.a. Uh, the Wy- uh, Bray Wyatt's dad. Right. Uh, yes, wait, okay. Bobby,
0: weren't they what? supposed to face um, the Natural Disasters that night? Originally? And that wasn't yeah. because
2: of Hawk's Drug Problems that they were, they were yeah. dropped down the card then? Yes, yeah, exactly. That- but they were feuded a little bit. But this this was a, a feud, I think, that was in progress. Like, that, that that decision wasn't made the same day, I believe. Which I think it sounded kind of like in Dark Side of the Ring. But I don't think that mm-hmm. was actually the case. Uh, or Dark Side of the Mat. I keep calling it that the wrong thing. No, you but, yeah. got it right. Um, but Hawk has, like, all of these substance abuse problems. That sort of, like, classic wrestler story of, like, drinking and injuries and painkillers. And the partying that kind of goes along with that. So he ends up taking this, like, hallucinogenic... Uh, right before they're supposed to go on for this match and is, like, still super fucked up and everyone sort of knows it. And this is supposed to be their big moment to, like, kind of ride motorcycles out to this huge ovation of, like, you know, 90,000 people in Wembley Stadium. Uh, and Hawk is sort of, like, fucked up and, like, doesn't know where he is or what he's doing. So not a cute look. Uh, and immediately after that, Hawk literally disappeared for a couple days on a bender and then basically quit. Uh, so they broke up for a bit then, leaving kind of Animal Strand and that, you know, sort of sucked and yeah uh, hawk goes he, to japan for a little while there i think yep wrestles um as i, I call the new warriors the power warriors he like hooks up with a guy basically re, like retools the gimmick with him and another wrestlers which is also was kind of fucked up uh so he's got all kinds of of things going on eventually they make their way back together they make their way back into wrestling hawk cleans up he he finds he's becomes born again uh he gets off the bottle they come back to wwe f which we i believe we had picked up in real time so eric you should be then caught up into what you know when they sort of showed up to back up ahmed johnson against the nation of domination and they skipped a bunch of stuff but those are the high points
1: i think it's really funny that um the that lod like got over by essentially being bad wrestlers like it was (laughs) just like we're gonna work so stiff and everyone's gonna love us uh, sorry that we beat your ass in and we wouldn't sell any of your moves on, uh, you know, on us.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's sort of almost like, you know, Braun Strowman. I, I imagine sort of their performances are sort of that, like they weren't as big as him, but they were sort of as unstoppable, unshakable unflappable, and and kind of like fun to watch. Smashy smashy.
1: Yeah. And these
2: guys
0: are, fucking huge like we we think about someone like braun Strowman, who's just like a genetic but as far as just like these are big fucking guys who like to beat the shit out of other guys
2: yeah and coming from a history of literally just beating people up like just beating in real life just you know i don't I, we, we discussed this like i don't really know what it's like to like beat somebody up really in real life nor would I even like no could even conjure up what that might feel like as an adult uh, but yeah, that was like, there's life. They like were bouncers in like a rough bar and just would like literally like pick people up and throw them around.
1: They like, were at the roadhouse.
2: Basically. That's but what like, it sounded like. But
0: yeah, like, like, like grabbing guys by their belt and their collar and throwing them out like they're uh, fucking jazzy Jeff on the Fresh Prince.
2: And, but compete, not only <laughs> that, but like, like as if they were competing for distance of who could throw them farther. was literally oh, yeah like yeah yeah yeah, their yeah lives. They, they would literally toss them for distance like an Olympic sport.
1: That's insane.
0: But some of the shine's been taken off of the Legion of Doom. Um, They were rebranded at WrestleMania 14 as LOD 2000. And we've already talked about just how ridiculous that was. So I guess in an attempt to bring in some more relevance, this storyline is introduced at the end of July of 1998. And it all starts with a promo. Animal is screaming, so everything is all good there. Hawk, meanwhile, is quiet. There's none of the trademark. Well, he can't even hold on to his helmet in his hand. His face paint is all smeared on his face. Um, And then they go out to meet the
1: Godfather and Mark Henry. First of all, I want to say in that promo, um, when Hawk drops his helmet, that means it's been compromised. So you know, like really, what you're supposed to do in proper bike safety is get a new helmet because you know that that's that uh, hairline stress fracture. The next time, if he ever gets hit by a car, uh, you know that 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 helmet could just burst right open. It's not going to offer the proper head protection.
2: And he he doesn't have the hair there either to really cushion any of the impact either. <laughs> But yeah, they're um, they're out here doing this. Oh, I sorry, mean, man. I mean, Eric, was it pretty clear to you what was happening like off the bat?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like he was he was doing a lot of pratfalls. Um, you know, obviously, I'm used to the, the, the. It's funny because like they, you know, they kind of made it pretty clear because for I don't know months I've been watching uh, animal go tell him hawk. And then you get the will, and uh, this was just like animal just kept talking, and there was no he never hands it over to hawk, and you see hawk is kind of doing the stupor thing. Uh, yeah, it it it, uh, it translated very easily, but it also just like looked really dumb. I, the note I have was that honestly I've also nodded off during LOD matches, so oh. I, I can't
2: <laughs> I can't blame <laughs> hawk. I will also say that there's just recently this last season on Drag Race, which I'm sure our audience has a lot of overlap. Uh, but this season on Drag Race, Whoopi Goldberg gave the advice to someone that if you're playing a drunk character, drunk characters yeah. don't fall down. If you want to try yep. to look drunk on stage, you should look like you are trying to stand up, because that's what a drunk yep. person is really doing is they are trying very hard to stand up, and that's much that right, sells. You're, you're much trying better. to steady. Yeah, you're trying to steady yourself, right? Yeah, you would
0: think that someone who is so accustomed to being in an inebriated state would understand the performative nature of drunk versus the the actual nature of it. I imagine it's
2: hard to. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think that Hawk was ever a method actor. <laughs> I don't think he studied the, the Abramovich method or anything like that. Because, I, I I mean, I guess it must be hard to, you know what I mean? That That's also, that's why, you know, maybe storylines like this are a bad idea to, like, make people relive their trauma. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe this should not be Vince Russo's uh, work and maybe it should be left to a drama therapist. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like,
1: like I think it takes, like, the the self-awareness it takes to know how to play drunk when you're not is the same self-awareness it takes to know that you have a substance abuse problem. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Like, it's, it's like if you're like, oh, man, I know how I am when I'm fucked up. Let me try that. And it's like, wait a minute. What am I doing? Like, my life is really a shambles right now. The following week, Hawk comes back, not as Hawk,
0: but as Michael Hegstrand. Although it's kind of hard to uh, take him seriously when he says that when he's in full face paint and armor like he's just come from the Renaissance Fair. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I had that note. I was like, why would you dress in full ring gear to apologize as yourself? To be like, uh, listen, I'm going to be Mark now. Is it Mark? Yeah. Uh, uh, Mike. Mike. Mike, Mike. I'm going to be Mike now. (laughs) I'm like, okay, you don't look like Mike. You've (laughs) got all the face paint on. We're the Mark. But then I realized, oh, he was about to do a singles match as Hawk. Yeah. So that's, I guess, why. But then it gave us that amazing
0: moment at the end where he goes, now I'm going to go out and... Do the hawk thing.
2: <laughs> which, I, which I wanted to be almost like a, like a children's dance craze, like the Bartman or whatever. Yeah. Do, do the, the hawk, hawk thing. thing. Everybody, do, 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 if you can, do, 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 do the hawk do, do, do. thing.
0: Everybody shake around in the ring ring.
1: He actually just goes and, and circles around and looks for a, a, a smaller bird that he can prey on. <laughs> I'm um, going to go be uh, territorial about my eggs. I'll see you later.
0: So he's going up against Jeff Jarrett, which it's funny for us at, at this point now to see Jeff Jarrett back in his old uh, fluffy hair and uh, space suit with optical illusion vest. Um, yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> but Hawk wins. It's fun- mm. But Hawk wins this match. Um, We get to see... Like, when he pulls off that military press, it's, again, just a reminder of just how strong and just how good this guy can be.
2: Uh, I don't know if I was so, so, like, I don't think at any point in this, you know, in this run, L.O.D. ever, ever really had the same magic. Even at their best now, you know what I mean? So, I still always felt like they were kind of, it's still kind of like limping along. What do you mean, Bobby? I mean, like, I, I find it hard to get excited about them, even when I'm supposed to still. So even in this match, I still was like, eh, "Hawk still seems kind of like a beat behind. And like, I feel, still feel like Jarrett was doing the work. Okay. um, I f- For me, I'm just thinking
0: about right before the, the rebranding for as LOD 2000. And you talked earlier about the LOD pop, and that never went away for these guys. The crowd was always behind these guys. So as we're getting into the story, I think the the weirdest thing for me is like, why are you trying to make these guys into something new when the old was still working?
2: I don't know. Maybe we're, I'm too far removed because we've sort of like gone. You know, we're so much further ahead at this time now. But I feel like I'd, at this point, though, I feel like they were kind of like getting a little stale. No, like what were the last? I you mean, know, what before this? Like, what are the LOD moments you remember besides the street fight with Ahmed Johnson?
0: Yeah, I, I I can't really tell you your moments. It, I guess it's more the feeling that they conjure up. The yeah, I guess maybe they're turning into like a nostalgia act, and so the idea was to to make them something real again. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I've, I it does feel like they
2: were sort of like losing their it, it, it. You know, the bloom was off the rose a bit on these guys. I feel like mm-hmm. they're I mean. They they are older now, and uh, maybe everyone's getting a little bigger. You know, one way mm-hmm. or another. Um, but. Yeah, they were kind of like older and slowed down and still no matter even hot clean still had uh, all kinds of like lingering health problems from like he had like hepatitis and like all this other stuff that would also, you know, take a toll on his body in lasting ways that even when he, you know, put down the the bottle or put down the pills like he's still not in great shape.
0: True. One of the things, though, um, is the parade of jabroni gimmicks that uh lod is faced with like in this one southern justice comes out it's like oh god remember when you were trying to make that a thing
1: um yeah it's like god i forgot about tennessee lee and how fucking shitty that stuff is uh and then of course every like god damn it i had to watch another doa match i thought we'd been done with that (laughs) shit
0: But the important thing from this event was Draws comes out to help when Southern Justice is on the attack. So Draws gets taken into the equation, who at this point had been doing the Draws' World thing, where he's, like, throwing up on command and showing off his guns like he's uh, Puck from
2: Real World. Yeah, he was basically—I feel like his gimmick was— the 90s man you know what I mean like it was like (laughs) real world tattoos piercings flannel like plaid shorts I was like okay you're just the 90s tribal tattoos like it just truly was like a, like a like a Pinterest board he's like one of the guys
1: who like who um, in the movie the Beach, like when they all like left that little utopia that they built, he's like he was like one of the Swedish guys that just like okay, I guess we'll just, I'll just go back into the real world and start wrestling. <laughs> like his brother his brother got eaten by a shark and he's like, yeah, I don't even talk about that shit anymore. <laughs> the story gets kicked into high gear the
0: following week. Um, the the team comes out. And the pyro, they're, they're trying to sell the pyro goes off behind them. And you just watch Hawk very slowly spin around and then like drop to the ground in the most performative way possible.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Again, not, not, not a method (laughs) actor. I don't think. Uh, He. What were you going to say? Nothing. I was just sort of trailing off.
1: (laughs) Oh, he, I, I feel like he could have taken lessons from Gilberg. Because, you know, (laughs) Gilbert pulls that shit off real well. (laughs) Yeah, when you're a worse actor than Gilbert.
2: Also, I do it every night at 7 (laughs) o'clock. When all of a sudden, (laughs) people start banging lots of bands and I forget we're doing that.
1: I was going to say from this match, like, I would actually at this point kill for Jeff Jarrett to buzz me. Like, please, I am am getting so hairy. Yes, please, (laughs) give me a haircut. Um, but Animal has to take
0: on Southern Justice by himself. Hawk can't stand up. Draws comes out again. Um, he's hit with a guitar, and that's when Jeff Jarrett cuts off Draws' his hair, or at least parts of it. So he's able to do a nice braid with what's left over.
2: little rat tail. Yeah, very weird. Very weird that the hair... Was this... Yeah, I don't know. That, that didn't... Jeff Jarrett had the other hair thing... With who was the other hair versus hair match with? X Yeah, X Pac. X Pac. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett has like a weird hair. Has like a weird barber fetish. <laughs> so then the story gets
0: rested for a month, um, and then on the September fifth episode of uh, Monday Night Raw, it's LOD two thousand plus draws versus the Oddities. Um, Hawk comes out wearing uh, Zubaz.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely had that
0: down. <laughs> and the the Daft Punk
1: helmet, um, and he just wants to dance, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, my note was you can't reason with Hawk at a Juggalo show. He just, <laughs> you know, like he's just he's vibing. When Shaggy Too
0: Dope has to be the voice of reason and be like, "Nah, there's a match going on, dog." <laughs>
2: yikes i mean i think they i forgot they they just felt like they were like you go ahead they look like they were just one molly pinata short of a new year's party for us (laughs) uh i just it's i
1: forgot how bad icp is at like selling anything outside of the ring (laughs) like the every everything they did i was just like oh god i remember when when like wwe thought that they could wrestle I, I remember when it... they thought.
2: Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead. I was say I remember when they thought Giant Silva could wrestle.
0: Oh God! Oh,
2: God. <laughs> yeah, that that um,
0: power bomb is the only impressive thing about Giant Silva. Like him walking, you're like you
2: plant fake. Yeah, I was say Giant Silva does remind me that like he could be Groot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I did think it was funny when Hawk got Kurgan's colorful beanie and put it on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Hawk's just always big into headgear anyway. anyway. Um, but yeah, like he, he just, you know, it's, it's, it was such a weird thing. He's just like, yeah, I'm, I know we have to wrestle them, but I'm kind of into their, their deal. I like their gimmick.
0: So that ends with Hawk costing them the match. It's, again, a month break right here, and it's always interesting to me when WWF, WWE doesn't shove a story down our throats, but at the same time, I feel like any kind of momentum they were building for this gets lost with these long breaks in between, and then you have
1: to write, oh, yeah, like a month ago, Hawk was drunk, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I I guess my assumption watching that was like, you know, like as we're checking back in a, uh, you know, yeah, we're going like at sometimes week to week. And it's like literally even when they have matches, it doesn't go for like much longer than five minutes most of the time, which to me was just like, Jesus, guys, like they like I don't even know if WWE if WWF at the time like was like, oh, this this is a fun story. We should stick with this one. Um, but I was wondering if like, you know, when they were resting it, if like maybe the trades were, were doing some of the work of like, you know, the, uh, I don't know, like the, what do you call them? The sheets, the dirt sheets, the dirt sheets, the dirt sheets like if they're doing the work of being like Hawks out right now and rehab
2: and blah, blah, blah to kind of like well, space it. And I do also think that he was legitimately getting some sort of medical treatment during this time, not for getting off drugs, but I think to some of those earlier issues that I think he was dealing with either a nagging injury or a nagging health thing. Don't quote me on that. I couldn't like confirm it, but it's like one thing I came across. Um, so I think he, that might've explained some some of the gaps in this. Uh, and the dirt sheets, I, I I don't know. It's hard for me to imagine. I mean, even I wasn't reading them at the time, uh, like because they they're like basically they were like literal newsletters you would get in the mail, I think, or like maybe I guess <laughs> on AOL. Uh, so it wasn't like you know it is today where I can there was like Russell Twitter and Bleacher Report that I can like aggregate all this stuff from, obviously. But it's just weird to think of like that culture and you know Dave Meltzer was writing to who? Like how was anyone getting it? What did extra extra like West, did training? you have to did you have to send a self
0: addressed stamped envelope? <laughs> Copy of your cable bill. <laughs> 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 well, so on the same night that Stone Cold Steve Austin is destroying Vince McMahon's Corvette, uh Hawk has been busted down to alternate. He's in street clothes. He admits to um painkillers and alcohol being his vice and Woof. takes responsibility for his actions.
1: Yeah, that felt like felt like he was shooting on commentary. I don't but you know, I I don't know if it was i guess it's like maybe a work shoot is
2: that what you would call that i think so it did definitely feel i don't think anyone's a good enough actor Like obviously this was the story they were going with or whatever but it did feel when they asked like what he was addicted to specifically which felt like again a weird question to ask in any like justifiable way in any human interaction like in an interview like it just seems like a weird thing to hard what find, drugs like what were specific, you fucked up on yeah what specifically were the drugs tell me the drugs. like (laughs) hawk's response was like uh they were a painkiller like that's what was like oh you guys didn't talk about this beforehand did you (laughs) like that that wasn't cleared (laughs) before this was it like it did feel like uh there was almost too much truth he was working too much at the top of his intelligence you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean because like here like listen i
1: uh fortunately i have not had to Go through That kind of thing. But I, if I were to hazard a guess in the world of addiction, I feel like there is less of a stigma if you say I was addicted to painkillers than anything else. Right. Because it's like, you know, people do take painkillers and like it's more it's almost like a testament to the amount of, of uh, pain you've put your body through doing your job. That like oh well this is you know this is one of those things that comes with it it's a danger that that you might get addicted to painkillers as opposed to like yeah I was just doing blow it's just blows really fun you know what I mean mm-hmm.
2: yeah I mean you really know, see we, we, it's also the truest answer <laughs> I feel like too especially in wrestling I feel like they they at this point we're sort of being handed out like candy I'm not saying by whom allegedly and uh, all those um, things but. I mean, yeah, that was alcohol and painkillers were like on trend. Where they were like the little cupcakes and tiki bars of the time, of the wrestling world at this time. Wait, what? You know, they were like the that that was what everyone was doing. But that was like the but norm wait, and the. Trend. I, think what, I, think it, no, I think I
1: think No, I think I think Aaron was asking about the the reference: little cupcakes and tiki
2: yeah, bars. Yeah, like are things that are like trendy. You know, like cupcakes and Is that whoopie trendy? pies, tiki bars. Well, it was when they were still like a society. Those were like. the... <laughs> Oh, you didn't realize oh, there's you... like four tiki bars that that other than like you know no, no, no. I thought you meant like I thought you meant all those
1: things together. So I was like, <laughs> oh. I've been at tiki bars and I have not had one little cupcake, and I'm I very upset. Exactly about
2: this. where you were. <laughs> That's funny. That's true. If there were if there were little cupcakes being served in tiki bars in Brooklyn, we would for sure know about it. <laughs> yes we'd
1: be at all of those That those would be the tiki we'd be like are we gonna go and get some like red velvets and uh, mai tais or what you would First like small, bite into it and there would be a jello shot in the middle
2: is this the bar we're opening you guys <laughs> is that our post-covid plan bash at the beach we're gonna call it it's a wrestling themed tiki bar with little cupcakes
1: oh can we call it Helena cellophane
2: hell in, a cellophane? <laughs> hell in a... oh fuck i'm uh, Helen and a Jello shot. What am I thinking? Jello, Jelina, he- Jello, H- Jello, and, a Jello Sarf- and a hello. Jello, and a hello. Okay.
1: Directly after this, we're gonna start writing up that menu.
2: Great, love this.
1: Brought to you by the JVC Kaboom Box. Ugh. They won't that break. Thing... Listen, that thing will not break. <laughs>
0: I trust us we know jr spent so much time more time in that segment selling the jvc kaboom box than he did selling hawks alcohol problems <laughs> uh, so then we go to judgment day um how much did it suck watching this match you guys oh my god i was so mad again, again again
1: so angry oh uh, so Ella... I actually I, I was asking myself the question. Are there any six-man tag team matches that I actually enjoy? And I'm not sure if I know the answer. There's a lot in the modern. Actually, the modern
2: era is really the one we're in right now. Is does them so frequently that we're spoiled by them. But like they'll have like I mean it's like you know Kevin Owens, Ricochet, Aleister Black versus like Seth Rollins. You're like what? And it's like uh, (laughs) yeah, and that's good. That's true. The Shield alone like revolutionized the six-man. The New Day versus anybody. Yes.
1: Yeah, so it's just the old stuff yeah, yeah, that,
2: like, yeah. all the all the stuff that I've
1: watched to date, I think, yeah, is just like garbage. Yeah, I and
0: agree. and it's still they're still figuring out the form, at this point too.
1: Also, but we've yeah. got
0: we got LOD two thousand versus DOA. Ugh, um, uh, get through this as quickly as possible. Uh, Hawk really wants in. Uh, Drog tags Hawk. Hawk hits the devastation device, but Draws takes the pin,
1: stealing Hawk's win from him. Yeah, but like how was that legal? Like everyone's like uh Draws is not the legal man. So yes, I I, I have the same question. How how is Draws able to actually get the pin? Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah, cool. there's no answer.
2: I mean, this it is it's just the screw. You know what? <laughs> the, re- <laughs> the referee doesn't this is going to Wait, say, say <laughs> is gonna drive me to drink and painkillers. Wait,
1: say yours <laughs> again here. This is going to drive me to drink and painkillers. This question.
0: Yeah, he definitely has the, but, 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 that
1: was my cover, you guys. Yeah, like, since when, is is this like a stat that they, that they keep track of? Like, they were like, look, we can't keep throwing people for distance. Let's see who's got, who's got the number of pins on their belt. Like, no one cares.
0: So the next night. It's the Headbangers versus the Legion of Doom. Hawk is again in street clothes. Don't understand why he got busted down again after he nailed the finisher the night before.
1: Yeah, I don't know. My much like Hawk's performance, my notes start degrading as these go longer and longer. I just wrote whatever this is worthless. So I don't know. I don't even remember what that po- what that exact segment was.
0: Well, I'll tell you. The same night that Stone Cold Steve Austin is hunting for Vince McMahon, and we get all that amazingness going on. Draws gets angry because Hawk was clapping, and it distracted him, and they got the uh, Headbangers got the win.
1: Oh God, that's why. That's why I wrote that note. I wonder. I wonder if like it. Um... You know, like the project that we have, where we do these deep dives. Uh, the thing about it is, it 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 brings all these segments together, and it makes it so that we can talk about the segments as they, you know, like as one flowing storyline. But like, I also wonder if, like, you know, part of what we're doing is like ignoring the greater context of the segments, which is as as you've been kind of pointing out, Aaron like there's something bigger happening on the raw every single time that this, that they have a segment. And I wonder if like, that's almost like a feature, not a bug, right? Where it's like, okay, well we, we need to rest like the McMahon hunting. oh uh, sorry. The, the Austin hunting McMahon thing. So let's throw in a fuck, Let's throw it back to draws and Hawk and animal and let's see what happens. And like, they don't need to care as much because it's like, you know, the, the main function of it isn't really to be like uh, an A plot, but more like a, a C or a D plot.
0: Well, let's keep this D plot going. The next week, we've got Draws versus The Rock. The Rock wins, obviously, with the people's elbow. It's clean. Hawk tries to control
1: Draws. Draws is mad. Anything else? Is this Is this when they called him The Draws? <laughs> oh, I missed that. They, uh, was this um, November 2nd, or is no, this... No, this is October 26th. Oh, I, I must have missed that one. Okay.
0: You missed nothing, really. Um yeah, I is this one Jim. Uh, That's awesome. Animal acts as Peacekeeper. Um, he and Draws walk out together. Animal walks out alone. Then we go to November 2nd, and this is where we really see that LOD 2000 is falling apart. This no-name tag team called the Hardy Boys were able to beat them on Sunday Night Heat. And again, Hawk is stumbling down drunk. Uh, this is when we get Hawk versus Draws, or the
2: Draws era. And this is
1: also where we get the the Chiron the Draws, which <laughs>
2: I that I don't know why makes no sense because it's not even like the Hawk and the Animal. so it doesn't even not even remotely a reason why that would be on anyone's mind at all.
0: It's just a thing he was trying out. He's like, guys, I'm the draws now. (laughs) It's
1: like, you know, right. Oh, maybe maybe after he faced the rock, he was like, you know what? This is working for him.
0: It's like when you you decide you're going to grow a beard or get your ears pierced, which I might do after this. Who knows? I'll pierce your ears. Let's do it. (laughs) That sounded like a really weird threat. (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna get your ears pierced on this hill (laughs) um so draws attacks a helpless hawk who is unable to defend himself um it takes three refs to try to get draws off an animal finally intervenes animal does a real look at yourself moment towards hawk anybody with anything else on this one nope Mm. nope So then it all comes to a head at the November 16th episode of Raw. Um, The Brood is facing off against LOD, or at least the Drazen Animal version of LOD. found it really funny that JR was talking about Hawk fighting his demons as the LOD was facing actual demons in the ring. (laughs) So as the audience is doing a We Want Hawk chant, Hawk starts climbing the Titantron, and again the literal vampires in the ring. This would be the moment where they would be distracted by something going on outside. But the vampires, like, it seems like you got a whole thing going on. We're just
1: gonna back <laughs> off, <laughs> guys. We, we we can pick this up later. Okay, you you take the time you need. So, um. First
0: off, this is so dangerous. Ha- uh, Hawk is climbing without any kind of safety equipment, right, Bobby? Yeah, certainly. It certainly seems that way. I didn't see him rig up at any point. Okay, so animals yelling at him to get down. Um, they bring out Paul Ellering, um, in order to to try to talk him down as well. Even though he was just like the manager of their enemies there for a while, um, and finally draws starts climbing the titantron again so dangerous and they have a confrontation up at the top
2: yeah it you know we're led to believe that draws is going up there to help secure hawk um and of course in the in the kerfuffle that erupts hawk is propelled backwards uh falling off of the titantron off screen presumably into a nice cushy crash pad um but then again who knows? This is Miss McMahon, and it's the 90s. Uh, why did he put an announcing table there? <laughs> soften the, soften the blog. So they put him down, uh, and then uh, everyone's sort of looking like, oh my god, cut to commercial, come back, there's there's ambulances, uh, everyone is sad, everyone is concerned, even the Disciples of Apocalypse, which I don't understand why. they're. I mean, I understand that I guess they're there for moral support for Paul Ellering, but the whole thing, the more you think about it, makes you make less sense.
1: There's there's a few things I want to break down about this uh because uh you know we actually were trying to we wanted to have this episode uh, recorded I don't know maybe a couple months ago and we wound up moving to something else and so I've watched this twice um and the first time I watched it I was like just kind of like okay whatever but this time I, like all of the things kind of stuck out to me I think it's extremely funny that Hawk goes I'm going to go out in glory like his idea of going out in glory is to climb the titantron in front of thousands of people all watching and then just jump to his death and fall right and just splat on the on the ground in front of them like I'm not sure what the what his definition of glory is but I don't know I don't know that just looks like Really macabre to me, yeah. Really fucking um, macabre. Right, like it's just like it's it's a it's almost like the omen. Like it's like it's it's all for you, Damien, But like <laughs> for a bunch of people in Tennessee or something. Um, then I also think it's really funny that in in like the the world of the WWF, uh, the way they imagine what a suicide attempt looks like, it's just people on both sides of it screaming at each other. (laughs) Like, it's like, it's like Hawk is getting up there. Like, it's not, he's not sad. He's just like, I'm going to get away from me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to go out in glory. And like, they're all yelling him down from there. They're like, what are you doing? You dummy. Come on, get the fuck down. Like at no point does anybody like try to softly speak to him or, or, you know, like everything is like, uh, I guess, as they would say, you know, for the back of the theater, <laughs> uh, it's all very, very just like well, we can we can aggress our way through this, and somebody's not going to die. We're going to aggress him to get down.
0: You're saying you don't believe that uh, Paul Ellering is a trained hostage negotiator.
2: Paul <laughs> I will say, is an excellent orator. I just watched the, the, their their uh, Hall of Fame induction this morning. Uh, just you know, further context for this. Uh, and man, that guy has some great, he's a great, great speaker, great lines. But uh, I also think this is like a good, that's a good reminder of like, why WWE shouldn't try and do like serious, dramatic things like this? Because nobody is qualified to like give the emotional layers probably necessary to do it any kind of respectful justice. Yeah, like, I mean, I look, I could, I could
1: see, I could see somebody coming in to write this scene and like giving it something you know what i mean yeah. where i mean like i don't know i don't know if, if if anybody writing this scene would come up with and then the third guy accidentally just or accidentally quote unquote or whatever purposely pushes the guy off <laughs> i'm like okay i don't know if that's how the scene ends but like just the, just like going into the emotions of hawk i think like you know rather than like uh i want to go out in glory like how about like talk you know just spend a little time talking about your feelings dude like talk about why you're up there and like paul ellering go you know he's like my kids call you their uncle and blah blah, blah. like you know talk about you know like why it's important that you know maybe like look we all know this 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 business we're in sometimes you're on top and sometimes you're on the bottom and like It's about like waiting for that next wave that brings you up on top. If you, you know, if we got upset every time that we were on the bottom, we would never have made it as far as we did. Like anything, you know what I mean? Like, Uh, there's stuff you could write. Paul O'Reilly does say pretty much exactly that, though yeah well no he screams it, okay. and then the, the resp- <laughs> and the response is get away from me, mm-hmm. like it's just yeah. it's, it's yeah. all it's it's very improv 101, where like nobody's actually listening to each other. There's well, a it's chance hard for- to
2: here in front of the arena full of people <laughs> while someone is twenty five feet above you. <laughs> I, would, I would love that, though.
0: <laughs> but yeah, Eric, I think to your point, there's a chance here for some genuine pathos, but WWF, WWE doesn't seem interested in doing that. So if you're not interested in creating that, why bother doing the story at all?
1: It, yes, exactly. Like, if you're going to do it, do it right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, nobody's nobody's telling going up to them and going, guys, we need at, at least one suicide story arc In, in this raw, Mm -hmm. like, or, you know, like we, like the, the people have been begging for it. It needs to happen. Like nobody, it's an unforced error. If you don't think that you can do it right, just, just fucking like, don't do it. You can have, there are so many, you can have just like hawk the fuck up. I mean, not, they've, they've already been doing that, but like, you don't have to have like, you know, you don't have, this is not heightening. This is just like, uh, it's li- it's like it's more literal heightening than it is metaphorical heightening, really, right? It's just like what if Hawk just ha- does Hawk but he's 30 feet in the air? Bobby,
2: do you remember watching this live? Yes. And I found it very scary and unsettling, but I was a very sensitive child. I didn't find it realistic, <laughs> no. but I was like I don't like like I don't like this I don't like this. Like, I don't like, I don't want my, the stakes this high in wrestling. <laughs> like that. I don't want them this high yet. Yeah, nobody uh, tunes in for this. Yeah, no, I, it just was unnecessarily over the top and had to Eric, to your point, like had the storyline been Hawk is just like old and like all these years of being a road warrior, really has its wear and tear, you know, they say the road ain't no place to start a family, you know what I mean, that kind of shit. Like, he's, like, (laughs) road-weary, you know what I mean? And so, like, his knees, or whatever. Like, they could have easily, and have told that story, and I think, yes, the stakes aren't as high, but also, like, the swings don't have to be so, like, big and wild to still, like, tell that same, give you those same beats, um, and accomplish the same thing they wanted to accomplish in the story. Then, like, a young upstart who sees this as a chance to seize his opportunity, and you can do all that without bringing in this like very sensitive like very personal trauma into like into it yeah this this
1: to me feels like uh if you were to have like a a couple where they're both they're each trying to like one up each other with like with drama like where like the woman's like i'm pregnant and the man responds like i've got cancer like like they're just trying to like Take big, big, wild swings to try to, you know, get more and more emotion where like, honestly, just have like, yeah, something that is, you know, easy for people to grapple with. You don't have like you don't have to go
2: for like these um, broad gimmicks but that's what you know this is the attitude era so this is the they go everything has to be like sexy over the top and extreme everything's like a is like has like mountain dew slathered all over it so that's that's yeah. their you know that's sort that was sort of like the like their remit at the time is to like make everything sexier make everything grittier make everything dirtier more hoes more drugs more i mean road dogs wearing 420 shirts i mean like they're 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 doing it's like sex drugs rock and roll violence i mean like yeah that's like the order of the day so they but it's bad but it's also still bad this is like a very obviously like okay boomer way of writing this kind of storyline down to like some of the phrasing um especially in next week's iteration uh next the next installment we're going to talk about but yeah it's it's bad but i think it's funny yeah because, because, because... Like... go ahead nope no you go ahead bobby no well, no go ahead i'll go somewhere else i was going to
0: throw it to the next segment all right go ahead And it's not just next week, but then we have to wait an entire month for the conclusion of this dog shit storyline. So it's not until December 21st that Hawk comes out with a cast on his arms. We finally get the well from him once again. And then it was like it was like Hawk came out there not sure what he was going to say at all, because he starts off with draws. He's the pusher man. As though we're all supposed to be like, oh, yes, I get this touchstone <laughs> with you. Hawk would be, yeah. uh, Hawk would be Joe Biden today, wouldn't he?
2: Yes. Yes, that would be his wrestling uh, spirit animal for like sure. Like this,
0: like the same type of just kind of like rambling story and thinks that everybody knows whatever touchstone it is that he's trying to uh, capitalize on. Yes. Draws is the pusher man. Draws as the enabler. You were the... And then he, he's like, oh, they don't understand. So he's like, you were the dope dealer and I was the dope. And like the worst kind of like egg in a frying pan drug metaphor ever.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, it was... I mean, first of all, like just the internal logic of it. Unless, unless the story... The like the the angle they were gonna take was man, Hawk is really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Now he's blaming Draws for his drug problem. Like if that was the angle, I'd be like, okay, yeah, whatever. Like it's as it's as good or bad as anything else they've been doing. But to literally like expect us to swallow that tripe, especially like at one point they say, well, wait, wait, hold on, uh, hold, on, hold think, on, Eric, sorry, be- go on, because
0: I would totally buy the fact that Draws is a drug dealer. Like a hundred percent. There's, there's. I look at that man. I'm like, oh yeah, he sold sold some quaaludes or cocaine or something in his day.
1: Oh, look, you definitely. We've all run into draws, but it's like behind an Olive Garden, and we just <laughs> didn't recognize him. But I'm not. It's not that. It's not that draws is unbelievable as a drug dealer. It's that draws is unbelievable as Hawk's drug dealer. Like it's just like, <laughs> it's like. Um, I don't even know how much of a connection you guys have had. Like, Draws has been around for like I don't know a couple months. He's been vomiting most of that time. Now he's like, now you're like, oh, actually, he's the one who got me addicted. And at one point, well, the announcers go supplying him all these years. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's a lot to
0: swallow. But I mean, so yeah, so like let's just so the story logic is that um draws is looking to make a name for himself draws knows that the LOD has a, a name that he could cash in on so he kind of lures hawk back in with his demons with with the drugs that he is providing with him so that hawk will fuck up enough so that animal will accept him as the other member of LOD am i getting this right yes okay i do not trust draws to make any kind of plan i don't trust him to make plans to go to uh go to applebee's on the weekend let alone this long
2: drawn out machiavellian scheme that's the thing i believe draws is a drug dealer sure no problem i don't believe draws as a conspirator (laughs) i don't believe him as someone who i see him dealing drugs i don't see him dealing schemes um,
1: I will point out, by the way, that uh, Draws, as I have said, is might actually just be Doctor Oz. And,
2: <laughs> That's and what happens you know, when you Google all, for sure. Yeah. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know, like uh, maybe maybe it's like the usual suspects where you know he's been playing he's been playing dumb all this time, and he really he got his medical degree. He actually does have a a prescription pad and. He's been, you know, he's been plotting this the entire
2: time. That's why he needed the football scholarship. That's why he to go to medical <laughs> school, but he didn't want to go pro, so he did the vomit thing. It all had this goes straight to the top. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's yeah.
1: I was really trying to. I was really trying to imagine Hawk like during the years before Draws entered the WWF like where like Hawk just like keeps flying to Denver to meet up with Draws to get <laughs> Was it wasn't wasn't Draws like a Bronco? I think he was. Yeah. Just he, he just keeps going into Denver International Airport and they're like we need to do another we need to find something easier. Can you guys can you just join the the federation? <laughs>
0: uh and and the, the the shitty thing is that this is really the last um the last moments of this venerable Tag team. Um, we don't see the LOD again until March. Um, and it's to beat up Briscoe and Patterson because they had impersonated them on the lead up to WrestleMania fifteen. Their final match would be the night after WrestleMania in a title shot at least against uh Jeff Jarrett and Owen
2: Hart, but nothing like their former glory. And they do have one more appearance and like we will get to down the road. Um... But, Do they? I thought that yes. was just animal. I thought it was I think they both have a very brief one um before Hawk's Pass. Very uh soon before Hawk's passing.
0: Okay.
2: Um then, Oh, so when does Hawk die? Two thousand and two thousand four, I believe. Two thousand three. Two thousand and three. Hmm. Wow. Um okay. and not of drugs. Like of like like was clean at the time. Was not So, like, he stayed clean, I believe. But this, you know, again, he had put his body, though, was not in great shape because he had put it through a lot uh, during the crazy days. Yeah, the toll that he'd taken on his body just was unsustainable. But, I mean, can I, I I know this is not part of our remit to talk about current wrestling, but I, I think it's insane to not mention that we are recording this on Saturday, May 30th. Last night was May 29th, Friday Night SmackDown where the show literally opened at the scene of a drunk driving hit and run that had someone basically hit Elias, which I guess none of us should be walking with Elias, uh, at least not as a pedestrian. <laughs> uh, very weird uh, that he was walking with his suitcase. The whole scene was so, this is also bizarre. And then they find a car abandoned that was crashed. That well, it soaked was, it was, it was Jeff find, Hardy's
0: rental car. Yes
2: which they find Jeff Hardy then in the bushes out to the side. They have to get hit and the, and he's disoriented. And it seems like where it's leading is Jeff Hardy will have been framed, but they are,
0: we all know Jeff Hardy was framed probably by are, AJ Styles.
2: I think Seamus is where they're kind of, putting Oh, Sheamus? Hmm. unless there's going to be a red herring here. Um, but they, that's what they're, that's what they're telegraphing. And, you know, usually when they're telegraphing, they just go all the way through with it. So uh, spoon feed us the information, but they're, playing off jeff hardy's very public and also pretty recent like drug and alcohol problems like Mm -hmm. within the i mean like it feels like such a direct parallel to this storyline that i was truly shook when i was watching it um because i've we're so we were just reacquainting myself with this story and it's the exact same thing pulling from the real the real life trauma of this superstar and using it as a story point and it feels so gross Agreed. I mean, I guess it's, Is there? I just don't, I'm trying to think, like, there are times when I like when they break kayfabe, and I like when they, you know, shoot, so, like, what's the difference, and what I kind of landed on, and I'm interested in your guys' perspective on this, like, for me, I think I like when they use real life events, I don't like when they fake realistic events is the difference like i yeah. like when they use yeah. real life about marriages and about like and 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 injuries and and history and relations and whatever that's stuff is like that's cool but I and think even and they...
0: even i think bringing up a, a drug problem is fair game in a promo because it allows to show somebody has overcome that and and is a different person than they were at that point even
2: as a even the jab i, I think to the i think it was the usos a new day when the usos had were having some problems uh and mm-hmm. i think somebody brought it up in one of and like a confrontational sort of promo is sort of like a sick burn
1: mm-hmm.
2: um which it, and it landed really well i think but the, it just has to be i think when you then make up something completely separate like if they faked roman reigns having a relapse of cancer like that it like that would yeah. be that is yeah. horrible but if someone else like Baron Corbin like rags on Roman for being like a little puss during the COVID because of it, like that, I kind of would, I, I, I'd, I'd bring that on. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I, I think there's a difference between like cutting a promo and writing a plot point. And, you know, like, I think it's kind of like all's all's fair in a promo because the point of a promo is to, rile somebody up or you know to kind of what's that
2: like a roast almost yeah
1: yeah exactly it's a roast and so like you know you use all things that are available to you and the person who's getting it you know is is most of the time i think probably appreciative because you know the more work you put into it the better it you know the better it makes the product whereas um, writing a a story that where it's like this person's got an alcohol problem, or this person has cancer, or this person is like, I don't know, like cheating with this person, and blah blah blah. To me, it just it 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 cheapens like true real life experiences, and it it makes everything into like uh it, it's the part of a soap opera that is you know not necessarily like okay with soap operas it's one thing because you know everything's written so you know what are you gonna do but like it, it's a little bit like it, it, it's it yeah it just it cheapens this thing that really happens to people especially when the people are have have a, a connection to it wrestling um wrestling as great as it is is never gonna
0: be midnight cowboy is never going to treat this serious subject matter with the respect that it deserves. And so it's not even like this is a warning to like young people out there. This is just a cheap
1: thing to get some heat. Yes, it's cheap heat. That's exactly what it is.
0: Man, we go some places in these episodes.
1: <laughs> Love us, by the way, oh, no. I just want to say... <laughs> Oh, were you about to close? I was gonna close. Go ahead. Well, the one thing I want to point out, I don't know if you guys read any of the the autographs on um on Hawk's cast, but I really, really appreciated uh Suck It by Triple H. <laughs> <It was> just... <laughs> like in the in in the world of WWF. Hawk was, like, sitting around in the locker room and, and he's like, uh, hey, uh, anybody want to sign my cast? And Triple H is like, hey, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, come over here. <laughs> Thank you,
0: Eric.
2: That's a much better one to end on. <laughs> Love us. Disagree. Want to. Weaponize our worst traumas and make us relive them on television?
1: Uh, talk me down from the Titan Tron. Let us know. softly. Talk you down softly. <laughs> softly, softly. Email us. me softly. Email <laughs> Email uh. us at
0: hell at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at Hell a Cell Pod. Or tweet at us individually, Eric at PrimeSilver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slowpass. Our theme song is There Are Traders in Our Mits by Disco Vietnam and our artist by Alexis Yavni. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And we'll be back again with another episode next week.